And we are back. Thank you for checking in for another edition of the Daily Dots. And uh, I am back with the Brain Trust today. Mr. Chase Taylor is joining us. I don't know if you heard, if you listened in yesterday, Chase, but whenever you're I not heard. here, I, I, I generalize. That's what I speak. You know, it's, it's what I refer to as PM talk, right? Portfolio manager talk. We take all the credit for anything good that's done. And whenever there's a misstep, that's why you hire analysts and heads of research. It's somebody to blame. It sounds like U of H is an outgoing football coach who just kept blaming the players and his staff instead of taking responsibility. Yeah, but he walked with a pile. Yeah, fifteen million. Will, well, that'll do. You know, th- that was the other thing I was thinking. I'm rethinking this whole money management thing. My dream now is to get hired by a big time college football program and to get fired promptly that same year. It worked out for Jimbo Fisher and. That's for sure. What what is his buyout? Like 70 mil or something? Yeah, and it works in the NFL and the pros. Matt Rule's getting paid 40 million at Carolina. David Tepper, speaking of which, is better at picking stocks than he is at picking head coaches. That's for sure. I you know, I love it. <laughs> yeah, we're already Frank, so Frank Reich's got two two buyouts he's sitting on, I suppose. Yeah, he that well, that's the infamous double dip. So that is the apex predator of what I refer to as my dream job, being fired as a major football coach. If you can get fired twice, I mean, he's balling. I mean, he's probably getting paid. What? what, what, what Carolina's going to owe him thirty-six million. Oof. He was at least twenty or twenty-five, I think, from Indianapolis. So, I mean, talk about get. You know what he is? He's like the average. He, he's like the average financial advisor on steroids. You get paid to sit there and do nothing. And- it's a good gig. In fact, you, you kind of give the money back if you go take a job because a lot of the buyouts still, you know, they have a clause where if you go get a new job, like that comes out or whatever. Yeah. So guess who's sitting so on I, a So beach. I need, I need Dana to go get a job and you're probably not going to do it. Yeah. Guess who's sitting on a beach for the next four years, yep. not doing anything. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so enough talking about football and, uh, and, and our, our dream job scenarios. Uh, what do we got? So today, another kind of flat day in the markets. Um, what did we fit? We finished right around flat on all the major indices. Right? Uh, yeah, the the Qs actually ended up 0.27, so that jumped a little more than I expected. But that must have been like right at the end. Oh, I see 0.29. You probably missed that last. You know, it's, so, there you go. It's the, it's the last thirty minute ramp, right? But yeah, the rest the rest were pretty flat. But dollar down another 0.4. Um, oil up. I'm assuming just on some OPEC nonsense. Uh, the big news of the day was the two year being down almost 15 basis points. Big big move there. Uh, yeah, ten year down at four point three three. I I think the next text, the next test of the ten years, right around that four three four two five level. I would think. I remember on the way up that acted is pretty good. Uh, reason I remember it is because we held out buying any duration until four two five. Seventy five bips too early, but you know not not so bad. It burned us. Um, but I yeah, we're bumping right up against that level again. Um, what what's what do you hear anything going on with Coinbase? I don't understand why Coinbase has just started to skyrocket and separating itself from I mean, you want to talk about a hilarious valuation? I the narrative around this thing is just cracking me up. No, I haven't looked into it specifically lately. I just assume it has to do with the imminent ETF uh listing approval and all that stuff. Uh that and just the fact that crypto itself is doing well. But yeah, it might it might have some very specific news. I don't I'm haven't been tracking though for sure. I'm not seeing any. I've been not been looking for it. Uh 
I see some news six minutes ago about a delayed Dogecoin transition schedule. So maybe, hey, there you go. Maybe that's maybe it's Dogecoin related. Just kidding. I just can't. I, I, I've said this to you so many times, but I, I just can't take it anymore. There's just days like today where you just sit there and you're like, can somebody please make just I, I want to go to I want to pull a sleeping beauty. Right. And I want to get I want to be awoken by a market that actually where that's like my Prince Charming will be a market that cares about fundamentals and cash flows. You should probably give that one up. We have a lot of long days between now and then. I think we're closer. I think we're closer than we are to the. I, I think we're closer to the end of this nonsense. I, I feel like I. You may disagree, but I, I feel like I feel like we're. We, I feel like the market is just scraping the bottom of the barrel to try to find more BS that it can try to rally. It's almost like it's run out of run out of clowns. You know what I mean? Uh, and I don't know if you. Yeah, I mean, look, thirty billion dollar market cap. I mean. Good God, this, it's just gotten so dumb. I mean, Coinbase trading at 12 times sales. Jeez. 12 times sales. I, and maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if, if they end up running a big chunk of the crypto market, it could be worth a lot of money. There's no doubt about that. But listen to us. This, this is how stupid this has gotten. With discount rates going through the roof, the economy looking like every single data point pointing at slowing down, going into recession, whatever. I mean, the recession's not a foregone conclusion, and I think it is. But uh, and and you've still, I mean, you've just it's just detached. I mean, there's just nothing there anymore. It just it's almost like market participants have made a deal with each other, right? Like, hey, yeah, we're not going to bother with fundamentals anymore. You got to trade it based well, on this. I mean, you got to trade it based on that. That's because almost none of the trading is fundamental. I mean, no, I know. At the end of the day. I know. And a fitting thing, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Charlie yep. Munger. Heard that news today. Charlie Munger. Uh, I've always liked Warren and loved Charlie, so it was tough news to take. And he was only about a month away from turning 100, so he was going to hit it on uh, on January 1st, actually. Yeah. I, I, and I just just got in the mail uh, the the Dow of Charlie Munger. So between that and uh, Uncle Charlie's Almanac, gotta go, gotta read read the Dow and reread Uncle Charlie's Almanac for sure. You know, I would love to have sat in a room with he, with specifically he. I'm with you. I'm a bigger fan of Charlie than I am Warren. But but with with, with one or both of them, and just asked, I would have loved to just hear their open opinion on this market. You know, I, 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 I feel like they would have had a lot less to say about it than we think they would. You know, I think they would just sit there and go, it's just nonsense. I mean, it's balanced. The balance sheet pretty much says everything you'd probably need to know. Yeah. Yeah. We got 150 billion shit and it's sitting in short-term treasuries, kid. What else do you need me to tell you? <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, it's just, it, it just blows me away. I mean, we just find another narrative to run this up or run that up with no fundamental backing whatsoever. I, if we're not at the apex of stupidity here, I, I got to find a new job. I got to become a plumber or something. That's the third time I've heard this one. So he might be serious about this plumbing gig, y'all. I am. They're well paid. The trades are working good, right? When you go to fix a toilet, you 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 know exactly what it's valued at. You know what you're going to get paid, right? Like you can look at somebody and go, I'm going to fix your toilet. In the, you know, in this world, what, you know, what do you tell, you know? I've got clients probably listening to this going great. No <laughs> dream, dream job, football coach, number two plumber. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it all takes the, like I said, dream, right? It's, it's not real. Obviously I love what I do. I'll be honest with you though. I, I don't know that I've ever not liked it as much as I have this year. 
Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a tough one. And and people are like, well, it's well, that's because you it's, you haven't done well. Yeah, nobody likes it when they're not winning, but w- when you can't participate, that's that's the most frustrating part to me. You know how many times we had that conversation where we're like, yeah, this will probably go up, but I, I I can't buy it. You know, it's ridiculous, right? Like. I remember we had that conversation at ARC when it was trading at like 34, 35. We're like, hey, this thing looks like it's about to go on a run. But Well, you were just talking about Coinbase. We've actually owned Coinbase a couple of times, but it was like, it's so hard to trust it. So as soon as it starts going against you, you're like, yeah. nope, get out. We just did very, very, very cowardly trades on it where we were stopped out like a point and a half below where it was trading. And That's why there's usually no point in doing those. Yeah. But man, it's just been a lot of you just, kind of, you just hope you catch a runner. Yeah, it just, it, it's just... It, it's just tough in markets. Well, I, I don't really have much to compare it to other than my vague memories of two ninety nine and 2000, where you just, we're, we're literally for a period of time. And in some ways, in some ways, this even makes less sense to me than a lot of the idiocy you saw in 2021, right? Like there, there was a part of that that made sense because you're, they're raining money on everything and things were running for fundamental reasons. Things were running for non-fundamental yeah. reasons. It was that, like, Animal spirits on ayahuasca. Yeah, exactly. For a whole year. There you go. Yeah, DM the DMT market, but but then you move into this market and it's almost inverse fundamental, right? Like you see things struggling that are just killing it, and then you see other things that are getting killed whose stock is just exploding higher. You know what? What did I see? Carvana's up like ten x this year. (laughs) Carvana, a fraud. They're a fraud. Yeah, I said it. They're a fraud. But but one that was going to go bankrupt imminently and now isn't. That's so part of that does make sense. Not to say the actual evaluation makes sense. That's that's our bullish argument now. Hey, it didn't die. Yeah, it didn't die. 10x that sucker. Let's get her back up to a reasonable valuation, a 10 to 12x revenue for a car dealership. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, on the on the economic side of it, we were reading through um I I was recently on the Hidden Forces podcast with Dimitri and I was talking to him about you and I were talking about this this morning talking to him about look I I don't think that the data permits you to be hyperbolic I I don't think it's falling off a cliff I think it's pretty consistent to what we've been saying what is remarkable to me though is how consistent and how widespread the message is and how the market literally I feel like the market is a little kid with its fingers in its ears going la 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 you know trying not to hear what his parents what the parents are telling him because it is so consistent. I mean, aren't you struck by the consistency? You were, what was that stuff we were reading through? You're reading through the, it was the Dallas fed services uh, survey and they have a comment section where all the people from the services industry that participate can just make comments. Um, And I read this stuff every single month and then lately it's been kind of 50, 50, 50, good, 50, bad, you know, and whatever, like some stuff in the middle, but this was this one was a little more decidedly negative um, for, for sure. And this is services, not manufacturing. Uh, so bigger, bigger chunk of the economy um, and, and, and has been doing, you know, tremendously until kind of the last three, four months. And it was, it was pretty dark stuff. There a lot of people talking about and, and explicitly talking about how high rates are, are really starting to hurt. Um, because there's still a lot of people out there that think, hey, rates still aren't, they don't matter. They're not hurting anything. Everything's fine. And then you read that and you're like, well, pretty obvious from, you know, these, all these businesses that are like on the ground is talking about how it's impacting their customers, how it's impacting their operating cash flows, how they're going to have to start 
cutting back, how they're not going to do CapEx, how they're going to have to let workers go, you name it. You know what I find hilarious? All these jackasses, and I said jackasses. It's in the Bible. I, I've got to, I got to deal with my – no, no, they're, they're, the term jackass is in the Bible. Well, I mean the New King James Version, right? So, I mean, it's translated. But I tell the kids, I go, look, it's not appropriate for you, but it cannot be considered a swear word if it's in the written word of God. That's my justification. But it, what amazes me about these jackasses is the same ones sitting there going, rates don't matter, were the same ones screaming with glee for 12 years about Tina. There is no alternative. Right. you got to buy everything because rates are at zero. Right. Which one is it? Do yeah. they matter or do they not? It's, it was either Tina or if, if it was Tina, that's fine. But then you should be in the T-bill and chill camp at this point. And those people just aren't. No, they're not there. Well, because it's not a fun party. And hey, I was I was happy to scream Tina, but I'm also happy to T-bill and chill now. Well, and here's the other thing. And I'll just say this. And this does not mean that our economic outlook is right. There is no certainty. Right. Certainty is the hallmark of the char- charlatan. What I will say is this. Anybody who makes an argument in this economy that interest rates don't matter, immediately erase them from your, the, the book of people that you listen to. Anybody that says that's an idiot, I right, full stop. Like just, yeah. it, it, it- Everything we do is probabilistic. Yep. And, and interest rates do not tell you 100% of the story, not saying they do, but anybody that tells you they don't matter is a complete idiot. Just, I, they just don't know what they're talking about. Anyway, what else do we have dialed up on, on the econ side of it? Um, the Richmond Fed's manufacturing survey came out. Uh, again, bad. So we keep getting bad, bad manufacturing and now services is kind of creeping lower on the regionals. That is um, home prices came in pretty decent for existing homes. Um, conference board, conference, conference board, like consumer sentiment stuff was a little weird because they dramatically lo- revised lower last month. And then this month like was higher than that. But we were something we were talking about this morning was the, um, jobs plentiful versus jobs hard to get that ratio that spread between those two is a good, kind of a good leading indicator for, and just honestly a coincident indicator for, for the labor market to see how it's doing. And that just continues to move much, much lower suggesting that the labor market really is loosening up. Um, and Barry Knapp who, whose work I have a lot of respect for and appreciate he, he kind of turned that into a way where he can look at that as and find like an equivalent for the unemployment rate. And where we're at now on that metric shows about 4.3% unemployment. So what he, what he's saying is like, he thinks unemployment rate will keep climbing. And, and as we've discussed, we're already very, very close to hitting the, the Sam rule threshold. Um, that's one of the many undefeated um, recession uh, metrics. So, According to that data, at least, as long as that holds its relationship with the unemployment rate, we're going to hit the the recession level in the next month or two. Now, I these I know that these are not precise indicators or precise ways to do you know to look at data or tabulate data or, or to glean uh, too much information from. But when we're looking at a lot of these surveys, why is it? And maybe it means something economically. Maybe maybe there's not a conclusion to draw from it. Why is it that we see such a dearth of revisions, negative revisions? And I don't recall – I'm sure there's probably one that I'm saying that. I don't recall any positive revisions over the last several months. What, what, what Does that tell us anything from the data collection side of things? 
and why are we yeah what how do we what do we make of that why is so why I, are I, there so many negative revisions there's no positive ones so i i I think kind of multifaceted. Number one, there's always revisions, so that's not new. Number two, there have been a little bit of positive revisions on some stuff, so it hasn't been completely one way. But but if you just averaged it all out, yes, it has definitely been more negative than positive. But what it tells us, in my opinion, is that we're entering a regime shift in the economy because uh, for whatever reason, historically, this is the way it works where you get a bunch of negative, you get a bunch of bad revisions after you kind of the economy kind of falls off. So almost every recession, you can go back and look and they revised away tons of growth and, and tons of jobs. Um, so the fact that we've seen, you know, hundreds of thousands of jobs revised out this year, um, looking back and we've had all but, all but one of the revisions for, for jobs this year were negative. There was one positive, um, but like, you know, a lot of negative. So, it, it just tells me that there, the likelihood of being in a regime shift from a, you know, above trend growth to, to below trend, at least, is is definitely kind of where we're sitting. And I mean, the, the Fed, you know, even kind of acknowledged that a little bit today, that Q3 was probably just kind of like a nonsensical giant growth month and that we're back to like the one, two percent growth world here in the fourth quarter, which I mean, to us was obvious, but to some people, it seemed like they thought that was like, some sort of new, new reality, but we're, we're just talking about these, you know, uh, manufacturing surveys and, um, service services, surveys and everything. I mean, all, all of those were very subdued throughout the third quarter that, that made it pretty clear. Like we're not in some new, like boom renaissance for the economy. It's just, you can have great and, and terrible quarters that are just one-offs. We've had a lot of negative Q4s in the last decade and they were just one-offs. Like you're fine after that. It, it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in an environment like this, we've talked about the, the liquidation inventories and all of those other kind of stuff that can gym those numbers up. Um, <clears throat> no, I just, it, it's just it, the other, the other thing I think is interesting. And again, I, the, I look, I think it's too much to glean from this. Uh, I do think it's really interesting. You've got about a 20 to 25 basis point pullback now on the long, on the long end. It, well, no, it's more like end. 60 on the long end. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about, in the last week and a half or so, oh, week gotcha. and a half, two weeks. And you've had that pullback. And, uh, cause I think we, I, I yeah, I, I think you came from four, five, four, five, five down to four, three, three now. So 20 bit, some basis points and the market has not gone higher. Yeah, exactly. I, I've, that stood out to me too, that it makes it more look more and more like a lot of the recent action was, it's not all a squeeze by any stretch, but, but, but that, you know, a decent chunk of this was a squeeze just based on it obviously wasn't the pure rates or, or it was, but once we, something we talked about that I kind of laid the groundwork for was, Hey, you're not like bad news is just going to be pure good news until you price out the hikes or yeah. Until you price out the hikes. Once you do that, then all of a sudden it, it kind of dampens the, the impact. And maybe that, that, that is what we're seeing. Well, uh, and positioning would seem to confirm that too, because now you have, like a record amount of net longs being opened on retail and you've got a lot of hedge funds and a yeah, lot exactly. of institutions still sitting on cash. I just think people need to be Gold, careful. Goldman here. sentiment indicator this past week finally hit the uh, like, Hey, people are too excited stage. Great so indicated. Yeah. yeah. And well, and it just, it, 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 it all looks to me to be lined up perfectly. And, and I'm probably talking my book to some degree here, but uh, especially with institutions, not 
fully invested, sitting on a ton of cash and retail just all in here at the top of this range. I, it just feels like a baggy moment, you know, where bags are about ready to get dri- drilled. Yeah, I still. I, I mean, I, I, th- I still. Th- I'm with you. I think. I mean, it, it, still think I, we can go another sh- month or two. Yeah, I'm not going net short this market in, right. in this environment. But boy, this would be. We are at the top end of that range that we've been trading in for the last two years. And even some of the charts, like Apple, is just kind of started looking tired. Like, yeah. so it's acting tired. I mean, I feel like they just keep moving from one horse to the next, trying to rally a ridiculous run, or you know, rally something ridiculous. But I, it just. I don't know what watch market will be 5% higher in a week. Uh, <laughs> That's very possible. Yeah. Off of bad economic news. Anything else we got coming up this week? Um, what do we got? Yeah. So tomorrow we, we get, well, let me, let me just pull it up before I, before I butcher this. Um, so tomorrow will be mortgage applications. We'll get some trade data and inventory data. Um, and then we'll get most, most importantly, personal consumption tomorrow. Um, and some, so getting PCE will be a big deal. See how that holds up. And then why is this? Sorry. It just sent me back in time like a week. So in, and then later in the week we'll get personal consumption. So like that, that's gonna be the big one to me the rest of the week, just seeing what that PCE number looks like in the uh, GDP, like deflate or stuff. Yeah. Uh, so one, one thing I do want to mention today, and I, I just started the groundwork on, on my next weekly letter on, so I, I just wrote my monthly on multifamily and the supply situation there is just unbelievable. The, the amount of supply that's coming online for apartments, truly shocking. The most in history, despite the fact that we have very slow population growth. Um, and I've kind of challenged the narrative that we have a, a housing shortage in the country. So just today I was fine. Like, all right, you know what? I keep, this keeps just feeling wrong to me every time people just tell me. And it's one of those deals like no one pushes back on. It's just an accepted fact. We have a housing shortage. So I started, I've, I've pushed back on it. I started diving in and it, (laughs) as I've, as I've like really dove into it, not only is it not true, like it, to me, it's decidedly not true. So it's been fun starting this process. Um, We have a lack of home ownership. I would say, I would say we have a lack of affordable housing in some markets for sure. But that's more because the, the the job growth and wage growth in those places exploded, and, well, and multi without and multi building houses and multi home ownership is at a record high, right? And Airbnb and all the no, nah, the the it's a, it's a BS narrative. There are plenty of houses; they're not owned by enough people. It's like everything else in this economy. It, the, the concentration is at the top end of the wealth curve, right? Like that's the issue. Yeah, it's not that it's not there. And one of the reasons I think it's gotten so prevalent is we did underbuild in the 2010s. So everyone just points to that. They, they'll, they'll show a chart of how many permits there were and all that. Yeah, but, but what did it look like the, from 02 to 07? Yeah, yeah. So the 2000 to 2010. Set records. So if you do the last, um, if you just go do the last 23 years, go all the way back um, to 2000, we've actually overbuilt by about two and a half million. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I And they're building like crazy right now. Like, yeah. It's, it's. Which is kind of which is kind of scary when you get through this conversation. You kind of sit there and go, "Man, I see the potential from us going from an inflationary shock to a deflationary shock." Yeah, one hundred percent. Because we've never had more um, doors under construction and more people working in construction. And, and that, so I had a, I put out a tweet today, and this this is what led to it was that. So we've had a lot of pro cyclical stuff in the last three or four years, where growth was doing fine, inflation was high, and we just poured more gas on that fire with a bunch more physical. 
um, more stimulus, like just pro-cyclical all the way through. And what I said was like, hey, I, I, I feel like people forget that even doing pro-cyclical, there's still a down part of the cycle. And if you do pro-cyclical and then you have a down part of that cycle, that's probably going to be more exaggerated too, because it's just kind of like the higher you go, like the farther you're going to fall. And I think about that with construction jobs. We have the most in history and it with tons of manufacturing construction and multifamily construction. Well, this it's going to slow down. We don't actually need more of it. Um, the financing of it. Yes, it'll get better as we cut rates, but like it, we overbuilt dramatically in the last two, three years. So those people aren't going to ha- have jobs a year from now, two well, years from now. And the rate situation will come down, but so will rents. Right. I, I, I think rents will cap inflation for two, three years, full stop. Yeah. Yeah. And outside of a bona fide commodity shock, you're not going to have re- legitimate inflation anymore. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it either. All right, pal. That's 25 minutes yep. we've gone over here, but uh, any, that's it for that's the it. week. That's Keep it. an eye out for that stuff. All right, guys. Well, as always, we'll be back tomorrow to update you on any new happenings or any new dream professions that I come up with in the next 24 hours. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.